Hi, and welcome to Ruin, a podcast about finding truth and losing self. Welcome to Ruin. Gina again. I'm here today with Crystal and Marcy, and we have a special guest, Scott Nary. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, well, Marcy's I, I, other half. I kind of belong to her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was, I was so sure that when I introduced you, I was going to say Scott Marcy. Instead of Scott, because I'm so used to saying your names together, you know, <laughs> but thank yeah. you so much for, for agreeing to be here with us, to talk to us right. about what the Lord, I really just want to hear what the Lord is speaking to you about these days. Oh yeah. Wow. I do. Well, God's I speaking do. to me. Well, number one, so my name is Scott Nary, not, not scary. <laughs> okay. Sometimes people have a tendency of, I mean, believe it or not, people like can miss, you know, mistake that because a lot of times people think that I'm a very scary guy. I'm really not. I, I don't think I'm scary at all. No. Uh, okay. But uh, as far as what God's speaking to me, he's, you know, I think I was saying this this past weekend at church, how we're really entering into this time that and it kind of coincides with what Brad McLennan talked about, mm -hmm. how God's raising up these storm riders. And it's basically the people who have gone through storms mm -hmm. are going to help show other people how to process it and go on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I guess in reality is understanding how fertilizer of life works. Right. So the crushing had a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. yeah so, good. I mean, I, I know me and Marcy this past year, gosh, I mean, a lot of people that have, will listen to the podcast, 2022 has been a challenging year for a lot of people. Right. You know, it's it's been a year of crushing, stretching. It's been a year of a uh, holding pattern for many. Mm -hmm. It's been a year of, uh, for me personally, that a lot of undoing had to happen. Mm -hmm. And in the undoing or the unraveling, I guess you would say, the unraveling is the Lord started to reveal what's really important. So with the unraveling, I feel like there has been such a not – for you specifically, but for a lot of people, this, this frustration. Oh yeah. And so can you help us navigate <laughs> how to walk through a lot of that frustration because you're, you're not comfortable where you are. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a hard question. Yeah. Okay. So first off, you have to understand frustration is a signal that you're invited for an upgrade. That's good. Okay. That's, it's really what frustration is. I think sometimes is people have a tendency when they feel frustration is they allow that feeling to paralyze them or overwhelm their emotions to get, to trans, to transfer into anger. Mm -hmm. Frustration can go into, cause you to get into anger for self. And it also can cause you to have anger towards other people. But in reality, God, the way that God invites us to process frustration is to basically say, hey, there is, you're thinking wrong in an area. Okay. So what's going to happen is you're going to feel internal pressure that feels like frustration of not being understood, frustration that it's not working out the way you thought. And in reality, what God's doing is he's causing that frustration to make you say, I give up. Well, that's good. That's really what it is. I mean, when you think about frustration in its essence is surrender. Because right. if you you got to get to that point though because frustration will either birth action with the Lord or it will birth action with the enemy. 
An action with the enemy will always lead to anger towards people or anger towards yourself, which actually will birth depression. Because all of depression in its rudimentary form, we're not talking about chemical imbalances right. here. Depression in its rudimentary form, all it is is anger turned inwards. Right. And it became that way because of a inner frustration of really not knowing the process of God. So you think the frustration is really a manifestation of control? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, the thing, thing about it, it's wherever we want control is we lack, well, we have not allowed the Lord to be Lord. That's good, yeah. So we're, and I mean, we all have these areas in our life that we've chosen not to make Jesus Lord. Right, yeah. You know, let, let's face it. I'm, I've, I've walked this out. Marcy's seen me walk it out, mm-hmm. walking out with her. There's many areas in our life that we haven't made Jesus Lord, but we, we're not aware of that. Right, right. We're not aware of those areas, but it takes the, the time and the season of going through the frustration mm-hmm. to bring these things to the surface it, it, that the Lord reveals, you have not surrendered to me in this area. That's so good. And that's the place that, man, that's... And I can say is like in, in my walk with the Lord, those are the places that that I've absolutely hated going through. Right. But those were the places that birthed the most fruit. And but here's the crazy thing is anytime that God does upgrade anyone, he always prunes them first. Right. And it's the pruning, it's actually the cutting away. That God will cut people from you. God will cut uh, things from you. God will even cut resources from you. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, a little, I mean, everybody thinks, well, the Lord's going to just provide. Yeah, He will provide, but He also He'll make the brook dry up. Right. He'll make a brook dry up if if that brook is 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 your Lord and He's not. Right. Because He's jealous for us. Oh, He's totally jealous. Yeah. For us. And we we want Him. <laughs> we think we want these other things. You yeah. Know? We think we want the safety and the comfort, but. At the end of it, those things aren't real. Yeah, you know, outside of the Lord, there is no true safety and there is no true comfort. Right, and so it 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 does help us to go through those hard times so that we come to that conclusion. Right, you know, you know what's wild though, ladies, is my whole life is you're taught from a young age mm-hmm. what success is supposed to look like. You're taught that success is you know supposed to have a lot of money. Big house, big car, and that's that's all fine and dandy. It's great, you know. God doesn't mind us having money. He has a problem with the money having us. Mm-hmm. However, in ministry or business, let's let's not talk about business. Let's talk about ministry. Is oftentimes we've thought success looked like a large crowd, mm-hmm. whereas the more I walk closer with the Lord, the more I'm realizing that the the success of God isn't in the size of the crowd but it's in the size of the presence. That's good. Yeah. So you can have two people in a room that are really so connected with God that a cloud of glory can be present. Whereas up the road, you might have a two, 5,000 member church that has a concert style worship and a lot of adrenaline hype that sounds good, looks good, Mm -hmm. but there's no cloud. Right. So in essence, why have we, thought certain things are successful it's well it's because we've measured things based upon the wrong mind right 
And that's where even me, I'm being processed over and over again because, you know, leading a church, a ministry is the first thing is, as a church, is the first thing is you want, you want, oh, we want more people to come. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, well, we use the term, well, we have more influence. Well, how do you know that? Right. I mean, all it takes is one person. When Jesus would send people out into communities, he'd only say, go to the one. Right. I, I don't know. It's, I, I think the Lord's just changing this whole paradigm. And I think part of the reason why, for me, he's unraveling things. He's unraveling what I once thought was him. Right. And in reality, he's taking us to a place that completely goes against what we're taught. Right, because the kingdom's upside down. Oh, it's upside down. I mean, when when we really, really think about this, okay, Jesus said this, if you want to follow him, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. And then he goes on to say, for broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way to life and it is difficult. Right. And there are few who find it. Well, no, that when when you actually read that, I think sometimes we gloss over that. I mean, Jesus is actually saying to actually have life, it's small. It's a narrow way. But in that narrow way, it's difficult. Right. But it's the it's the process of difficult, which is where frustration is. Mm-hmm. So the Lord's actually saying, if you're not being frustrated, you're not walking towards him. That's good. <laughs> right. What a relief I feel like it is to hear. I mean, th- this is going to maybe sound bad, but our pastor say he, right. he walks through frustration, too. Oh, so yeah. it, it very much humanizes, you know, making us all, I guess, feel a little bit better about potentially the positions that we've been in and being able to find somebody that I guess just like Jesus, yeah. the more you get to know him, you realize how relatable he is to you. Right. He right. was very much a human. Right. He had human experiences. He went through all of the temptations that we did. Right. And so I guess now being able to have our friend, our pastor sit with us and talk with us and be able to candidly, vulnerably share, you know, real emotion, real challenge um but also to see on the other side of that um just what that the lord it it is an invitation yeah well it is understanding that that frustration is not evil in itself like the frustration is not a bad thing like we don't have to beat ourselves up for feeling frustrated you know we don't have to own that responsibility For being, and I think a lot of times, you know, especially in the church culture, we've been taught that we have to present this facade of, you know, everything's, you know, blessed and highly favored. Like I'm, I'm great. Everything's great. Everything's fine. And, and that's not the Lord. Well, and I think many believers get really disheartened. They get really discouraged when they don't don't feel like they're fitting that mold because it's supposed to look good, feel good. Like, why aren't you feeling any better? Or, you know what I mean? Like you, you follow Jesus. It's supposed to be easy, you know? And it's such a disappointment. And I think we get highly discouraged when we don't see the outcome of what we think we see on other people. Like they look like they have it all together. They don't look like they're ever frustrated or depressed or sad or angry or annoyed or, you know what I mean? Whatever the emotion may be, but it's like, 
so I think these conversations are so, so great because, you know, there again, it humanizes it and it makes yeah. us realize like, it's okay. The Lord's willing to deal with us even in our humanity. Oh, yeah. Well, the, well, the frustration is part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is the process of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said the, you know, the phrase, um, blessed and highly favored. And I honestly, you know, for a long time, that was a phrase that, that I thought, you know, people just said because everything was hunky dory. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it gives you that person, it gives you that perception of, well, everything must be okay in their life. But the paradigm shift that needs to happen is that, no, we really are blessed and highly favored. And the proof of that is the frustration. That's good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Because, because, because we're in the process of the Lord. Yeah. Right. And if we weren't in that process, we weren't feeling that frustration, then that would be a wide, easy way. Right. The, the wide, easy way of the world yeah. where, where there's, there's not that frustration. I, it, I was on the way to church this morning and I was thinking about how, again, I, I keep coming back to this periodically over the years, this term eternal perspective, thinking from the eternal perspective. And with that came along the thought that everything that we actually rely on and trust in other than the Lord will find its end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even our monetary system, even our money. Like all of this stuff, it will all eventually fade away. And I think that we're, for some people, it comes a lot sooner than others. But I do believe that we're coming to this cataclysmic time in history where all of this stuff is going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's all going to go away. Mm-hmm. And whenever that happens, you have to know that that narrow way, yeah. which is the Lord, right. which yeah. is the Lord. You know, the Lord said in Revelation, I would rather you be hot or cold, right. mm-hmm. not lukewarm. But do you understand what happens when hot and cold hits? <laughs> yep. It creates Tornado. tribulation. Right. Wind. You know, yeah. ter- you know storms. It, it's storms. Mm-hmm. It creates a, um, you know, when you're flying, you know, you, you, you feel it. It you gets know? bumpy. It gets bumpy, right? And so, so wherever there's hot and cold, you actually have a spot in the middle, which is actually a divine tension point. So the tension point, what is tensions actually, you're going to feel it anytime that change is happening. Mm-hmm. So I think one, you know, even when we face frustration, even when we go through the, the difficult times, it's how we go through it with the Lord, right? right. So and the Lord t- tells us actually how to do this. He said in John sixteen thirty three, he says, in the world, you will have tribulation, right? But he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, isn't it something the Lord says, you're going to, you got to go through the narrow gate. It's going to be compressed. You're going to be frustrated. It's going to be pressure. You're going to go through all of the bumps of it. Oh, by the way, be a good cheerleader. I mean, there's no pity party in that, is there? Right, exactly. (laughs) You know, there's been so many times in my life to where there's been these these frustration points in my life to where it just seems like it kept building and building and building and building. And finally, what finally made it release was my surrender. Mm -hmm. 
And it wasn't it wasn't a surrender to anything other than, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. Right. And it was at that point that all the frustration was released and then it changed. So is that simple? Just quit, just giving up. Right. Just giving up. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was... Now, for me, yes. Now, I can't say that every single time in my life when I've been frustrated, it's been that. So, it... But I do know that there have been quite a few times right. that I can say, yes, it's been that. So would you say being a good cheerleader is just giving up? Giving up your control. Giving up control. Yeah. Giving up trying to fix it. Giving up. Yeah. Right. Because I think it was the acceptance. Yeah. Yes. It was the acceptance of what was frustrating me so bad that was actually more like giving up trying to change it, giving up trying to fix it, giving up all this stuff and just accepting it for what it is. And in accepting it for what it was, I realized that there was a piece of myself that I was accepting. Yeah. That's good. Amen. And then whenever that acceptance of myself came, then change came. Yeah. And it wasn't because I was trying. It wasn't because I was striving or frustrated or anything. It was then I just accepted the way that it was, and I got my eyes off of me. Right. And by following Jesus more closely, I realized, oh, my gosh, that's changed. And I wasn't even aware. Right. So you, you were changed by when you actually stopped trying to change you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Okay. So when you go through frustration and difficult times and all those, those feelings that you feel, you want to stop, you want to fix the situation. The carnal mind wants to fix it, right? Yep. And then what happens, I've found also when you are feeling that frustration, if you're in the carnal mind, you're going to want other people to be fixed too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so I mean, yep. let's face it, the yes. most frustrated people in the world are those who are actually trying to fix people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, if, again, if we're trying to fix people, it means we're trying to conform them into our image and not the Lord's. Well, and doesn't that understanding give you a heart of compassion and empathy for the people who are stuck in that control? Because you yeah. know if they are projecting it, it's even worse on, on oh, the inside. Oh, gosh, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I can, I can say. Most of the people that I work with is some of the most miserable people are in church. That's the truth. I mean, it really is sad because, again, I think this is why the the word says people have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. What is the power? The power of of the gospel is not just to do the signs, wonders, and miracles. The power of the gospel is to awaken to who Christ is in you. Yes. Yes. And and I and I think is is uh, we but people they 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 feel like they've got to be something more right 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 yeah well they it, you know it they you can't awaken to Christ in you by trying to fix you <clears throat> oh you can't yeah. awaken to Christ in you by trying to be better or do better or you can't you can't work your way into awakening and you know what. This is something that I think is definitely going to be talked about because I think a lot of times people have a misunderstanding to the term repentance. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. because oftentimes when people say repent, and let's face it, repentance is very real. It's it's, but they, they I think when you think of the term repentance in the carnal mind, mm-hmm. it's you fixing you by stopping something. 
Right. Yep. But in, in God's mind, repentance isn't necessarily stopping first. It's turning away first. Right. It's looking the other way. You can't stop something until you look at Jesus. So yeah. so just to give some language to that, that in case somebody's not really grabbing what you're saying, <clears throat> it's actually thinking different. You you have to you have to think different before you can do different. But in order to think different, you have to see something differently. Right. And in order to see something different than what you've been seeing, you have to see Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So true repentance, because I mean, you, I mean, we're called to repent, and you know, for times of refreshing. That's what the Bible says in the Book of Acts. And so, but it literally means not just saying, "Lord, forgive me." Right. That's does that isn't that's an aspect of repentance, but that's not real repentance. Right. Real yes. re, real repentance is it's what's well, the Greek word metanoia, which actually means to change your mind, turn around, and go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You cannot. Go and, and change your behavior first because behavior modification doesn't lead to heart transformation. No. Heart transformation is actually what brings behavior change. Right. Because again, true repentance comes by looking at Jesus. And transformation is like like a tra- trans metanoia, that word that you said, that metanoia, transformation is the process by which the caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Right. It's this hidden aspect of a, a molecular physical change right. of this body into something different. Wow. But that's the process by which we have to be transformed. Right. Our hearts have to be transformed. So now you understand why you go through frustration. Right. It's, yes. It's so you can repent. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, and that, that caterpillar <laughs> right. in the cocoon is not yeah. like feeling sorry for himself for being in the cocoon. Right. He's not. He's just, he's surrendering to the process. Right. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm trapped in this place. I've just been here way too long. The (laughs) liquefaction of his mortal body. (laughs) This ain't my season. I just feel led. All right. Come on. I mean, but, you know, so again, so uh, I know a lot of times people think, you know, I've been in in ministry a long time and, and you got to repent, repent. If there's no repentance, or you know, but repentance is more than just tears. Right. Yes. It can involve yeah. tears. Yes. It can involve tears. But if there's no no change, right? And I'm not talking about like just change for a certain period, but I mean overall lasting change. Well, it's like it's like something shifts. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yeah. you the light bulb comes light on. light bulb comes on. You see the Lord. Right. Like when we all get, gave our lives to Christ, mm-hmm. the Bible says no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. We couldn't even give our, we couldn't even have faith unless he gave it to That's us. That's right. right? Yeah. So when we first had that encounter with the Lord, we repented. Lord, we had some, some people prayed the prayer. Some of you just believed, right? Mm-hmm. But what happened is people live out their life according to the revelation of who they know the Lord is. That's right. Yeah. So if somebody is really like walking in integrity, honor, and they're, they're not, um, and they're the fruit of the spirit, it's because they've truly seen the Lord there. Right. But there are some people that they've been limited. And the reason they've been limited is because they've allowed the traumas of their own past hurts to restrict the lordship of Jesus in an area. And so what the Lord has to do to free them is he has to allow them to go through frustration. So the narrow door 
is the place of revelation of the person of Jesus. Yes. That's why you have to go through seasons of frustration. Yes. Man, that's good. Which oh, really does remind me of like that birthing process. Like you're yes. both the one in in the pain, going through the season of developing, right? And you're also the child yet to be born, the new thing that's coming through, that's feeling the pressure. Yeah. That's that's taking on like all of the squeezing that that happens yeah. in the growth and at the same time like the body has to expel it it's it's going to force it out right it can't stay yeah right. so so for for those people then who whenever they there there's an area of their life that there seems to be this great tension and this great frustration would you say that that is a moment of opportunity to weather the storm mm-hmm. and come to know Jesus in a better way, or they don't have to enter in and they can choose to walk away? Oh, yeah. Everybody has a choice. So there's a lot of people that choose not to follow the Lord and they choose an easy life. And the thing is, in a lot of times, easy life comes to people who are not following the Lord. But the, the, those who the, that walk with the Lord, you will walk through storm. I mean, he actually, that's the Bible say, all those who are godly, live godly in Christ, Jesus, shall suffer persecution. I mean, even the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. So suffering is an aspect of the Bible, but suffering in the, in the reality of God is getting closer to Jesus, but people do have a choice. And so that's why it's like, you know, you, you see the parable in Mark chapter four, it talks about the, the parable of the sower who sows the word. There's different types of soil of a person's heart. Seed falls, seed uh, gets thrown by the side of the road, uh, thorny, thorny ground, thorny the thistles, the rocky ground, and then good soil. There's different places of people's lives but God has still given them an opportunity. Right. Um, one of the things I, I, I think, just like you said, is is most people that don't have people in their life to help them will walk away from that. They'll walk away from the process of God. But those storm riders, those who, who've been through the process, knowing God's ways— are the ones that will be the fathers and the mothers in these coming days. Because let's face it, we're actually, as the last days, I mean, we're in the last of the last of the last days. I mean, we're getting closer to the return of the Lord. It's not going to be comfortable. Right. The, clo- the, the closer that he comes, the, the, the closer we get to his return, it's going to get very difficult. And can you imagine if we've, train people to live in comfort, what that's going to do? No, we've got to understand is the reason why the Lord says enter the narrow gate is because he's teaching us that's where you're going to find the comforter. The comforter is not found where it's, where it's broad. The comforter is found where it's uncomfortable. If it's uncomfortable, that's where the Lord's at. So you're right, baby. I mean, people have a choice. And some people don't know how to, they just walk away from it. And you're really making me think about the difference between the favor of man and the favor of God yeah. and how differently those, those things can be um, walked in, right? Because the favor of man feels good. 
and the favor of God, a lot of times will actually bring some offense and <laughs> oh, some, God, yes. some rejection, yeah. you know, but they're both, they're both favor, right? Mm-hmm. right? right? It's just, which one would you choose? Which right. one do you really want to walk in? Well, and I think, you know, I used to wonder a lot, why is the reason for that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, why is the favor of God so hard? You know, why is that? Well, it's because, again, going back to this eternal perspective, mm-hmm. like we're, we're born into a fallen nature. Right. Yep. We're born into a fallen nature. So it's very comfortable to live in the favor of man because the favor of man is that fallen nature. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But whenever the favor of God comes on our life, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't like it, it. There is these frustrations. There's there's this there's this trial and this temptation. You know, there's all these things that are changing you. Yeah. The Lord is actually using those things to change you yeah. more into the image of Christ. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that by us looking and following the Lord. I mean, that's the biggest transformation that that can be made in our life. But by following the Lord, he uses these situations. He'll lead us into hard situations. He leads us into hard circumstances so that in this, it transforms us. So if we're running away from these hard things in our life, we're actually running away from the Lord. We're running away from the processes of the Lord that is going to actually prepare us to enter into eternity. And then whatever way we enter into eternity that's the state that we remain. Right. That's right. So, so favor in God's God's mind is a pruned tree. It's yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's Je- Jesus is the favor of the Lord. It pleased the Father. It pleased the right. Lord to bruise a son. Yeah. So God's favor actually has a cutting process. Right. Yes. So, you know. So what's it, what's it say in John fifteen? It says those who produce fruit, those who are actually walking with the Lord, mm-hmm. He prunes. Right. And he corrects those he loves. Yeah. So he cuts same. away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, but yes. you know, y'all know what a prune tree looks like. Oh, yeah. It's bare. It's bare. I mean, I mean, it's got leaking <laughs> sap cover everywhere. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. you, we'd go to a nursery, tree nursery, tree farm. We walk in there and we look at a tree. It's like the first thing we want to find is something that's got full of leaves. Oh, yeah. We want something that's got... Man, it, it looks but, good. It looks it's good. We, we want it to look good and appealing, but the Lord would walk in the place like, ah, there's my tree. The ones that leaking sap coming out of it. It's all stumpy. That look that it's hidden in a corner. Mm-hmm. Those are actually the ones that he actually loves. That's so good. So that's so God's favor is actually what put Joseph in a pit. Right. Yeah. I mean, think, that's that's well, crazy, and Joseph right? went into the pit because because his destiny was connected to saving a nation. Yeah. So anytime that we're going through these processes, it's because our life is connected to saving somebody else. Right. Because in our own, in our own, we're born with a very selfish nature. That's right. We're born with a very selfish nature. So what gets us out of that selfishness? What actually pulls you away from being so self-consumed? Mm-hmm. Nothing but the Lord and His yeah. processes. Right. right. And then when He says, "Do unto others as you would have them do unto you," imagine if we really did treat each other oh, gosh, and preferred yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, 
let's face it, nobody would be um, competing for podcast spots. No. Nobody would be trying to rob each other's people, you know, trying to get people from other churches to come right. over their places. I mean, we might actually act like the body. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but again, it's so simple. I mean, like even in our area, cause I mean, here in North Carolina, I mean, you got mega churches everywhere. It's not like Texas is a mega church on every corner in Texas, but here, especially in our, our region, you've, you got so many churches, but that people like to, I, I, I again, you got people that are going back and forth. So mm-hmm. people like to, to go to different things. And, and as, as a leader, you're tempted to like get mad. Right. Because it's like, well, I thought you were here. Then all of a sudden the Lord's telling you to leave there. I mean, and but the thing is you can't because I know like, again, part of the favor of God for me. Yes, Scott, my favor on you. I'm going to cut you some more. How am I going to do that? I'm going to take more people from you so you can grow more. I'm like, what the heck? It's like I just had these people come and actually was starting to like mm-hmm. grow with them and then they were gone. And um it's all part of the process. Right. I think those yeah. processes help to unveil like wrong <clears throat> motivations in our heart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know it's those those processes that you know we can think that we're loving people. Mm-hmm. We can think that we're acting out of love towards people and then you know they're removed from our life or or they turn on us or or whatever. And then at at that point when they're gone you're left with, am I, do I still love them? Mm, that's good. You know, do I still love them mm-hmm. just because I have a pure motive just to love them? Right. Or yeah. am I now offended at the fact that they're no longer in my life? And if you are offended, why? Yes. Right. Right. But, and I, I think that the, it's those deep areas in our hearts. It's, it's not just about loving what we think is love. It's the motivation for why we are affectionate toward people. Yeah. Why? Why? Because it, it's more about the motivation of your heart at that point, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So so if the motivation isn't pure, then it's not really love. Right. And love suffers all things. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you know, I was praying one time and and the Lord spoke to me. And when he spoke to me, I did not like what he said. And he spoke to me, he says, Scott, my reward to you is to go through rejection. And so what happens is, is you can take it a couple different ways. Is when people come into your life and your, the carnal mind can feel rejected mm-hmm. when people walk away from you. Or you can look at it in God's perspective, that's my reward for you, is to feel that but not let it consume you. You've got to feel the sting. Mm-hmm. You've got to feel the, the sting because actually the Lord had to feel the sting. Right. And so the Lord had to deal with rejection. I mean, he's rejected all the time. However, he doesn't allow that rejection sting to cause him to love them any less. Right. So that, that's the whole process that I think that the Lord is really doing in these days moving forward. Mm-hmm. It, it's the unraveling of of our own selfish agendas. The pur- purification mm-hmm. of our love. Yeah. That's, I really see, just as you were talking, you know, the, that whole rejection process, it really is a purification process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It is. If it is. if if we can come out of all of these rejection, um, what accusation, all all of these things that are slung at us, thrown on us, if we can come out of it and still say, you know what, I bless them and I love them and I hope nothing but for the best of them, right. then then those things that we've just went through was served their purpose purpose yeah. in purifying our hearts, purifying our love. Mm-hmm. It is a purification process. Right. Well, and if we take ourselves even out of it and just think solely of the other people, you know, God has people in your life for a, a reason Absolutely. and a season and you plant seeds. That doesn't mean you're going to see the fruit come of it, right. you know, but, but we have to trust the process again right. and just know that love is never wasted. Right. Yeah. No, I, it's not. I had this um, minister at New Hope Worship Center in Concord, Dr. Tom Snipes. He was an amazing man of God. Uh, he was a counselor, and he was when when I was around him. He was probably close to eighty years old at the time. He said this statement to me one time because I was working in, in the NFL at the time, and I was bringing football players to the church, and people were wanting to get around me just to get something from me. They wanted me to give them access to the Carolina Panthers and all that. And he said something profound to me. He said, "Scott, I want you to remember this: those that you start with will never." usually be the ones that end with you so you have to enjoy the moment where you're at Mm -hmm. but i don't allow it to hurt you when they're not there right so when he said that's all praise the lord yeah 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 i get it man but no when you actually go through that process it's it's god does prune things from you people from you but those that actually are with you and you're with with them to the to the end man that's the greatest reward Right. I mean, honest God, how many people can you count on the hand that they're there? Mm-hmm. I mean, even from the very beginning, even four four twenty fire, they're like from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm talking when we were in our house. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many? I mean, you didn't start coming until the mm-hmm. Reggie, Reggie, and Amber. They were yeah. there at the very beginning. I mean, who who else? I can't even remember. I mean, there's few, right? Really few. Yeah. But but again, it's it's. Again, God is helping us to understand His ways, and that means that people are going to come, people are going to go in our lives, and God uses people to prune you. You know, I just yeah. seen I just seen it like a tapestry actually being woven, and the intersection of you know the different threads and everything coming together, and at those intersections. You know that's where people come into our life, but then you know the 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 thread keeps going, and right. but it's all it it's all for a greater purpose, and it all yeah. it makes this beautiful tapestry at the end of our you know at the end of time. Right. So well, and we can't like the Lord has everybody on their own journey. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna yeah because we're all in an evolving process. We yes. are all being transformed. We are all like learning who we are, who the Lord is and walking that out. And there are people that we can walk that out with. And then there's people that we just needed to glean something from. And then, you know, we have to go, you know, our future takes us in a different direction. And that doesn't mean, you know, that, that the Lord isn't still on those people. Right. Right. Even when they leave in a bad way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, but that's we have to bless them because we mm-hmm. know in part and we see in part and we don't understand that tapestry until we're looking at it from God's perspective in eternity. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah, what would our life be like? Seriously, thinking if you were the only person on this planet, oh, you would have no growth. No growth, right. right? That's the truth. You would have no growth. Like you would, you would be the perfect person because you would have nobody to offend. You would have nobody to offend you. Yeah. You would have nobody to sin against. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and that's not the Lord's plan. That's right. not well. Like, that's like, why the, the process. That's why the Lord gave Adam Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. relationships are needed. Yes. Yeah, like a, blessed and highly yeah. favored man <laughs> oh yeah i mean i can imagine yeah yeah i'm the only guy right here so right <laughs> i'll just keep my comments to myself <laughs> well if any does anybody have any other questions for scott before we wrap up well i think in summary i mean this just there again goes to to kind of explain and define what ruin is and it is that unraveling like yes. you said it's the undoing it's mm. the the i feel like it's almost like that little top if you remember like we had that little top you push it down on yeah. the little lever and it makes it spin really fast yeah. you know and yeah. like the, the the ribbon sometimes you can pull the ribbon and it would make it spin you know that's what it feels like you're just and you're just getting spun out from under you and you don't even know what happened but it literally is um, the undoing of yeah. our of ourselves, of our experiences, of our traumas, of mm-hmm. our mindsets, right. of what we t- have been taught right. through religion right. that God does. Whenever actually, it's quite the opposite. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that favor of the Lord. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Praise God for the favor. His favor. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Marcy has any questions for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes I think it's good though to to have that that opportunity <laughs> because you know, you guys are so familiar with each other. <laughs> and I think you're both freaking awesome, you know. But like I there's probably pieces of each other that you don't see oh, that yeah. other people see. And it yeah. kind of gives oh, opportunity for that thing to wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I I love about Scott though is you always persevere. And I think that that is such a, like, I, I want to be more like that, you know, because like talking about how it, the people, if the people view, if the people don't like, that's not what drives. I think that's hard. Mm. That's a hard, hard place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you steward that well. Praise God. Yeah. 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 Just keep on going. Walk right. with Jesus. Keep moving forward. Just, as long we're as gonna, he's walking, I'm walking. Right. We're going to make it. Right. <laughs> we're going to all we make, are gonna it. make it. <laughs> we're going to make it. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us. We thank really you. appreciate you. And thank you, everyone else, for, yeah, for being with you. us today. Thanks, we just thanks, bless thanks. you. Yep. And we'll see you next time.